If you've got big dreams but don't feel like they're possible or don't know how to start, this is the place for you. This is Heroica, a podcast and a coaching program dedicated to helping you decide what you really, truly want. I'm here to help you identify the beliefs that hold you back and teach you how to make them happen faster than you ever thought possible. My name is Angela Soth. I'm a recording artist, producer, coach, mother, daughter, sister, friend, normal person, and here to show you how to make your dreams a reality. If you desire it, you're meant for it. Let's go. Hello, welcome to episode number four of the Heroica podcast. This is Angela Soph, your host, and I'm so excited you guys are here. Today is Valentine's Day 2022, and I thought it would be cool for Valentine's Day to talk about a love story. Yay. I'm actually not really into Valentine's Day that much. I didn't really grow up with it a whole lot. I grew up in the Philippines, if you didn't know that. And we did celebrate, but it was like it was like flowers for each other and friends and my parents weren't super into it. Anyway, I won't go into it. But I know that here in the United States it's a really big deal and I thought what better way to celebrate than telling you how I drew this person, this special person into my life, my husband. And uh, we've been together for, we've been married for almost 18 years. And and I met him uh, a couple years before that, before we got married. So I want to tell you about it because <laughs> recently I discovered that all the things I thought were such a coincidence <laughs> were actually um, some of the energetic work that I was doing unconsciously to bring things into my life, into reality. And I want to preface this by telling you that you might think that things just like happen in your life or just show up, but actually you are creating your reality at every moment. Do you guys hear that sound? That's that's my husband leaving to pick up my daughter. I told you, I'm like a full-time mom. So there are sounds and noises and dogs and we have chickens and all of that going on. So I hope you will forgive but I'm here in my recording studio and I work around that as well when I'm having to like record vocals and things like that. Like there's all, they're always, I'm always telling everyone to be quiet and looking for a quiet moment to record and, and uh, produce music. So anyway, I hope you guys can bear with me. So anyway, you are constantly creating your reality, whether you know it or not. Everyone is. So there's no such thing as like Oh, I'm going, did you, did you manifest today? Did you create your reality today? Yes, every day, at every moment, you are creating your reality, your physical world by the way you feel, by the beliefs you believe and the thoughts that you have. That is what creates your reality. And this story about how I met my husband is like such a good example of this. It's like mind blowing. I can't even believe it actually when I look back on how it all happened because it was the most unlikely of stories. (laughs) So if you don't know, I was born and raised into a Mormon family. So was my husband. And as part of part of the Mormon tradition, the boys, when they turn, this was like, you know, a couple decades ago, but traditionally the boys would go on a mission when they were 19 and the girls would go when they were 21 if they weren't married already. 
And to spare you from my like dating saga in college, I was in college and dating a whole bunch of really awesome people. Um, But I got my heart broken early on and I just sort of like shut down inside and I was like, I'm not going to marry or find anyone. I just had kind of decided that I was going to graduate from college and like grow up and be a big girl and then someday I would find a guy. I was not going to like do the typical get, you know, at my university find, you know, you'd find a guy like your second semester of school and be married, you know, in the next like six months. And I just decided that that wasn't like the route for me and I was going to go ahead and be a career girl and if Mr. I came along, awesome. If not, that was fine. So I had sort of written off guys and I thought, you know, a mission would be um, a really great place for me <laughs> if I didn't really want to date at all and I wanted to kind of heal my broken heart. So I applied to be a missionary. It's like this whole, it's this whole process. I won't go into it. But um, I was 21. Actually, I was 22 by the time I left. And I got called to serve in this small community in um, southern central Brazil. It was called Campinas is the city and the outskirts, you know, the outer lying areas. And this is like a couple hours from Sao Paulo, which is, you know, on the coast. So I go to Brazil thinking that I am the farthest away from any potential guys. And that's like kind of what I wanted was a break from men. <laughs> and so um, I arrive in Brazil with this small cohort um, and we study for, you know, eight weeks or whatever it was studying Portuguese. And then we all got on a bus and we were shipped out to our place we were supposed to be working, you know, as missionaries. And I get to the, the bus station and um, there are these two missionaries there and they're like sweaty and their shirts are like yellow in the armpits, but they're so like excited and happy and they're just speaking Portuguese like a million miles an hour. And at this point, I didn't speak Portuguese yet and I had no idea what they were saying, but we get on the bus and and we're like, sitting I'm sitting there and I see this these two guys these two missionaries just like so animated and so excited and they're talking to everyone and and I met this you know one of the the elders um was really nice his name was Elder Soph and um he spoke English to me for like two seconds and then that was it and then you know we went to our uh, individual areas and at one point um it was probably about two or three months in I remember this so well. I was sitting on a bus station bench. I'm sitting there next to my companion because we worked in twos. And the fumes from this, these buses coming and going were just sitting there waiting for our bus. It was just like, ugh. It was like filling my lungs. It was so dirty. I felt so sticky and hot and disgusting. And I'm in a skirt and like, oh, I just felt like the grossest I never felt in my life it was like it was so awful but I'm sitting there on this this bus bench in the middle of the city this small town in Brazil and my companion turns to me she's this sweet sweet girl and she's like okay let's get out 
cards and we're going to write down what we want in our future husbands. And I was like, what? Right now? And she hands me a three by five card and a pen. And she's like, okay, just write down everything that you want in your future husband. And I was like, what? (laughs) Right now, like (laughs) in the dusty, like heat of the day with like smoke blowing in my face. And she was like, yeah, it'll distract you. So I did. I was like, all right, well, I guess if, you know, I'm a million miles away from like anyone even reading this. So I wrote down like literally bullet pointed list, like what you do in seventh grade of like what I wanted in a guy. And I actually had never done this before. I don't know why it never crossed my mind to do this because I do it now all the freaking time. But anyway, so I write down front and back, like all these things, like petty things, you know, like the dumb little things like he needs to smell good that kind of thing you know what I mean so it's like the big things and the little things and I tucked it away in my bag and I like totally forgot about it and I just had it in a journal somewhere and it went with me around the mission and everywhere I went this little piece of paper this little three by five card was like sitting in there and every now and then I'd look at it and be like oh that's funny like I wonder I wonder who that is you know and meanwhile, this this elder Soph had long gone home. He went home. He was from Utah and he went back and I, I didn't even know. I mean, we weren't, we didn't interact really. But one day, about like maybe nine months later, I want to say, or six months later, I got this random letter from him, from elder Soph. And he was like, hey, do you remember me? You know, I was... Anyway, we re- he reminisced a little bit and jogged my memory. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I remembered him. And, you know, as a missionary, you, you're kind of isolated and you don't really talk to anyone in English very much. And so any mail that I would get, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write back. So anyone that wrote me, I would write them back. So I wrote him a letter back and then he wrote me a letter back and then it was back and forth. And for a good year or more we just wrote letters and I would write in like my pink smelly marker and he would send me pictures of him on his bike and doing hikes in Utah and you know I was still a missionary so it wasn't like kosher to you know have any sort of like relationship or say anything that might like even suggest that so we were just friends and um I finally came home from the mission. I went back to the Philippines where I had grown up because my family still lived there. And when I got home, my parents were asking about boys and all of that. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, there's this guy that I met as a missionary and we've sort of been writing this whole time. And they were like, what? And shocked and and I was like, yeah, but I don't, I don't really know him. Like he could be really weird. Like I only met him once and we've just like been pen pals really. And, um, he sent me an email. <laughs> it's like the first email I ever got from him. And he was like, Hey, now that you're home from your mission, he's like, I want to be really candid with you. Like I've been dating a bunch of girls and, but I'd like to date when you get back to college. Like, are you interested? And And I immediately was like, oh, like all the warning, like radars went off. Like I just had this like boy anxiety, this guy fear. And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, like 
I can't say either way, like, I'd love to hang out with you, but like, that's it. And, um, and he was like, all right, that's cool. He's like, can I pick you up from the airport? And I said, no, (laughs) because I was just, I don't know. I was just weird. I just said, no, I was like, I, that's too much. That's too close. And, um, but then my dad talked me into saying yes, because he was like, look, if he's a super weirdo, you'll know right away and you won't have to like hang out with him ever again. And it's just, he's picking up from the airport. It's an easy ride. That's it. And if he's cool, then you know. And I was like, you know what? That's perfect. I, I don't even have to go on a date with him. I can just like <laughs> learn. I can, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll know like between the, the drive to the airport to my grandma's house, like I'll know. So anyway, he picks me up from the airport and immediately I had this like feeling like, oh my gosh, this, this is like, oh, like he, I just, I knew that there was something really different about him and, um, and I had had like his pictures and his letters in the back of my mind and I had, had this card, this note card of things I wanted in a guy. And and all along, I mean, this whole like year, year and a half was this slow like intention building of the, I had declared who I wanted, what I wanted in a guy and the universe delivered. It delivered someone who was like better than the things I had written on my card. Like, 10 times better and I'm not saying our marriage is like perfect it's it has morphed and changed in so many ways but the universe brought me a person that was so exactly what I needed I didn't even realize I didn't even know but there was a power there is a power in declaring what you want saying writing it down what you want good or bad I mean you don't need to label it. it's not good or bad it's just what you want there is no judgment and then you let it go and you you let the universe take over and you say, this is what I want. And I allow you to provide it in the way that you think is best for me. And that's exactly what happened. And we ended up, you know, dating for a while and married after. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. I did graduate single and we got married two days later. And um, I just think it's it's fascinating how everything comes full circle and the things that you think are coincidences are are not. They are they are your intentions that you set long ago. And what you're experiencing today is a reflection of what you believed long ago or in the past. It's just a reflection of the past, of your past beliefs. So sometimes when we feel like, oh, my reality sucks. It's not what I wanted. It doesn't mean anything about you today. All it means is that in the past, you thought or believed things that now are manifested in your life. And in order for you to experience something new in the future, you have to begin today to believe and and absorb the, the identity and the... Um, embodiment of the person or the thing that you want so that tomorrow or the next day or a year and a half or whatever however long it is can come into form there's no way that the universe is going to was going to deliver me a man while I was a missionary because I had decided 
I'm going to be single until the end of this mission, right? Like it's only going to provide for you what you want when you're available for it. So when you declare I'm, I'm available for this thing now, or I'm not available for this thing, it's going to, it has no choice but to obey your will because you are the one fueling it. Does that make sense? So you are the one that is essentially like channeling or bringing in this, this thing into form only at your request and your command, will it come into form? So with my husband, I just, I feel even now, you know, looking back, I feel this magic about it because I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it still worked. And you don't even have to really know or understand how it works, just that it does. Kind of like driving a car, you don't have to know how to fix the motor or even how the motor works to drive a car. All you have to know is how to drive it. And it's the same thing with your life and the the dreams and the goals and the hopes you have. You don't have to know how it's going to happen or the mechanics of how it's going to all come into play. Your only job is to say, I'm at destination A and I want to be at destination B and I'm just heading there. And the way will be made clear for you. Your belief has to be fully invested in it, that it will show up for you. And this is a caveat, like, If I had been believing all along that I didn't deserve a good guy, that I would never find anyone, that I would be alone my whole life, like if I had those beliefs embedded within me, within my subconscious mind, it would have been really difficult for me to have him come into my life because those are, that's me saying, yeah, I want this, but I don't actually. Like it's this contradicting energy that you're sending off. Like, yeah, I want this perfect guy, but I don't deserve him. I want this, but I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm supposed to be alone. And I see this all the time with people that they say that they want something, but underneath in their subconscious, they don't actually believe that they can have it. And notice that in this story, and I've thought about this, like why did it happen so easily, so naturally? And it's because... In my heart, I knew that there was someone for me. I just wasn't available for it yet. I wanted to meet someone later. After I had my broken heart mended and after I got back from my mission, like I I wasn't available emotionally for anyone until later. And that's that was the opening. That was the window. So part of the work is making windows, making, making yourself available and open for the universe to provide for you the thing that you want and believing so deeply that you are worthy and deserving of it. This is difficult work to do if you have trauma in your past or you have something that is stopping you from being able to believe that you deserve it whether it's like money or a relationship or a job or success, whatever it might be, health. If you don't believe at your core that you deserve to have it and that you're good enough and worthy, then it's difficult to manifest that into your life. So the work is deciding what you want, declaring that it's going to happen, believing that you deserve it, that you're worthy of it, and staying the course, staying firm in, in your belief and letting go. Let, releasing and that, all of this sounds so um, like I'm, I'm saying it very fast and like it's really easy and that's my daughter she's home but 
there are so many nuanced pieces to this and this is why if you have a chance to work with a coach I highly highly recommend it or taking a course because there are so many moving parts and pieces that can feel really overwhelming and can um, can derail you and make you feel like I'm doing it wrong I don't know why it's not working for me and you need someone or a, or a, a mentor to hold space for you and show you a mirror of like look this is what is working and this is what you are succeeding at and and here's where you here's where you need to believe a little bit more in your own ability and in your own worthiness i just want to remind you guys that everything that you desire you deserve everything that you desire you are worthy of you get to have it you are your desires were implanted in you for a purpose and a reason so that you can achieve them and have that experience. You are not any worse or any less qualified than any other human being on this planet. Like if someone else has something that you want, it doesn't mean that they're better than you or that they ha- were, you know, have have some special gift that you don't have. We all come with gifts and if you have a dream, then you are supposed to go chase it. You're supposed to have it. I believe this to my core and I have lived it. I have experienced it and we get to let it be easy. We get to let it flow. We get to let it work. We get to be successful. We get to have the things that we want. I love you guys. You're amazing. You're doing a great job. Thank you for listening. I want to take you out with one of my songs. This is called Bloom. It's a love song and it was released in the fall of 2021. It's the first single off my upcoming album, Bloom. And it's about blooming into who we truly are when we are surrounded by people we love. And I hope you listen to the lyrics and feel worthy at every moment because you are. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye.
Nothing else matters, and when I.